the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Jesus said, don't fear men who can kill the body. Fear him who can cast your soul into hell. Don't fear men more than you fear God. And don't allow your, please listen, don't allow your fear of man to silence you about Jesus Christ. Don't allow your fear of men to silence you about Jesus. Don't be like Peter here who's like, I, I, I just want to fit in. Pastor Dan talks about something in his message today that's super common with anyone who's ever wanted to share what they believe. There's these whisperings that we hear that halt us in our tracks. But as Christians, we're not to fear them. We're not to fear rejection, humiliation, condemnation, or whatever. You want to know why? All of that comes from mankind, not Jesus. Keep him close. Don't fall into the same trap that Peter did. Don't be afraid. There are lives that depend on your boldness in sharing Jesus. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 26 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. to the psalmist what he writes in Psalm 73 he says listen it is good for me to be near to God it is good for me to be near to God it's good it's good for you it's good for me it's good for us to just be near to God it's safe it's safe for us to be near to God the closer you are to God the safer you are The closer you are to God, the less likely you are to deny him or to stumble him. It's just good. It's just good for me to be near to God. As close to him as I can be is good. David writes in Psalm 63, Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. My soul follows close behind you. Behind you. David knew that the Lord was his help, and so he says, My soul follows close behind you because you're where my help comes from. So I'm going to stay as close behind you and walk right behind you as closely as possible. Peter was not following close behind Jesus, he's following at a distance. And that distance between Peter and Jesus will contribute to Peter's downfall. There's a progression. The denial didn't just happen. There's a series of things, series of events, series of steps that led to that denial. One of those was Peter distanced himself from the Lord. Stay close to Jesus. 
That's where you're safe. Stay close to him. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you, the Bible says. And so Peter's first step down toward denying Jesus was his pride, his overconfidence in himself. His second step was he was sleeping when he should have been watching and praying. Third, Peter reacted in the flesh, contrary to God's plan. And fourth, Peter started following Jesus at a distance. He wasn't following Jesus as closely as before. You know, Peter's progression downward to denial was kind of like the opposite of the progression of the Beatitudes. Remember the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5? When we were going through Matthew chapter 5, I, I described them as, a, as the rungs on a ladder, and you move up the ladder. Peter's moving down the ladder, and it's kind of the opposite thing here. The Beatitudes say, blessed are, are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Peter was the opposite of poor in spirit. Peter was prideful. Peter didn't mourn over his spiritual condition. Instead, he slept like a baby. He wasn't meek. He responded in the flesh, chopping away with his sword. He didn't hunger and thirst for righteousness. He distanced himself from Jesus Christ. We could say that Peter was progressing in the wrong direction. And so now we come to verse 69. And some of you are thinking, finally. That was the longest introduction I've ever heard in my life. Peter is outside in the courtyard of the palace of the high priest. Jesus is inside on trial, although it seems like he's in view of Peter. Mark's gospel tells us that Peter was sitting. Listen, he's sitting with the officers who arrested Jesus and he's warming himself by their fire. And so now after this trail that we have followed in Peter's life. Now we see Peter hanging around the enemies of Jesus and he is trying to fit in with them. And he's hoping they don't recognize him as a follower of Jesus. There are so many warnings in the Bible about hanging out with ungodly, wicked people. Psalm 1, verse 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Peter is sitting in the seat of the scornful. Psalm 26, verse 5 says, I have hated the assembly of evildoers. I will not sit with the wicked. Peter is sitting with the wicked. He should have hated the assembly of evildoers. Instead, he's warming himself by their fire hoping they don't find out he's a follower of Jesus, hoping they don't ask any questions. Proverbs 4, verses 14 and 15 say, Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. Keep going. Peter sat right in the middle of the wicked. He didn't pass by. He went and sat right in the middle of them and is warming himself at their fire. Proverbs thirteen twenty: the companion of fools will be destroyed. The companion of fools will be destroyed. If your friends are all fools, it will destroy you. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. 
Peter may have had good intentions going into this, but bad company corrupts good character. And listen, a Christian who tries to fit in with unbelievers is usually pretty miserable. A Christian who tries to fit in with unbelievers is usually pretty miserable because they have too much of the Lord to enjoy the world. And they have too much of the world to enjoy the Lord. And they're miserable because they really don't fit in with either group. You know, they're, they're, hiding, they're hiding their Christian, Christianity from their worldly friends. And at the same time, they're hiding their worldliness from their Christian friends. And they're, they're just, they don't fit into either group. They're out of place with unbelievers. They're out of place with believers. Paul writes, what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? And the answer is none. You know, Peter is like Lot in the Old Testament in Genesis. Lot trying to live in Sodom. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 7 says, Righteous Lot was vexed by the filthy conduct of the wicked in Sodom. But he stayed. He was vexed by the conduct of the people of Sodom, their wickedness. But he didn't leave until an angel made him leave. And if you're a Christian here today, you can't live with a foot in the world and a foot in the church or a foot in the world and a foot in Christ. You'll be miserable. You'll be vexed like righteous lot. You've got to decide. You've got to be in one camp or the other. Look at verse 69. Now, Peter, he sat outside in the courtyard. He's sitting with the soldiers that arrested Jesus warming himself by their fire, and a servant girl came to him. Not some big warrior wearing body armor and carrying a sword. A servant girl came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. The other gospels tell us this was the servant of the high priest. And it tells us also that she stared at Peter for a while before approaching him. I think that's an interesting detail. You know how that is. When you see someone somewhere and you think you recognize them and you stare at them for a while, I think I recognize that person. And you finally go over and talk to them. I think I recognize you. Well, that's what she does here. She, she stares at Peter for a while and finally she goes up to him and says, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. Look at verse 70. But he denied it before them all, not just to the little girl, saying, I do not know what you are saying. Peter denies before them all. He says it to everyone so everyone can hear this, hear his answer, and look at his answer. He denies any knowledge of Jesus. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're even talking about. Who is Jesus of Galilee? I've never even heard of that guy. Then we're told that he gets up and he moves to a different part of the courtyard. Right? He's identified here by this little girl. And so now he's going to go stand somewhere else in the courtyard. We're told he moved out near the gate. When he got to the gate, he should have just kept going and left instead of sticking around. It says in verse 71, And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl, remember Peter? I'll die for you before I deny you. He can't even say, like, this guy, big giant guy, you know. The guy was huge. He was going to crush me. A little girl. Another girl. Now look at this, verse 71. Another girl saw him 
and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. She doesn't say it to Peter. She says it to all who were there. She's announcing to everyone. Hey, this guy, he was also with Jesus of Nazareth. Guards! But again, he denied, and this time with an oath. I do not know the man. I swear on my grandmother's grave, I do not know the man. I swear on all the gold in the temple, I do not know this man. What did Jesus say? You shouldn't swear at all. You should just let your yes be yes and your no, no. We should just give an honest answer. And we don't have to swear. And and notice, he didn't say, I don't know Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I don't know the man. The the same one who once said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Now will not even say his name. I don't know this man. Whatever his name is, whatever you said his name, I don't even know who you're talking about. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Now, verse 73, and a little later, those who stood by came up, all of them, together, and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Now, Matthew says here, it was a little later. Luke's account says it was an hour later. And so Peter has been hanging around the enemies of Jesus now for for an hour or more, quite a while. And, And again, they, all of them who were standing there with Peter... They finally send him, surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. This, this wasn't a little girl confronting Peter now. It was everyone standing with him there in that area. They all confronted him, and they say, your speech betrays you. Peter was a Galilean, and he spoke with a Galilean accent. Galilee was in the northern part of Israel, and people from Galilee spoke with a distinct accent, just like northern people here. Maybe he sounded like a New Englander or something, or a person from Minnesota. Wouldn't that be surprising? You get to heaven and Peter's like, hey, how you doing? It's great to see you. You know, like, wow. (laughs) This tells us something important about Peter. It tells us Peter was talking. So he's not just trying to, like, stand off to the side away from the crowd and be unnoticed. He's standing there talking with all of these soldiers who had just arrested Jesus and brought him to the home of Caiaphas. He's making small talk. And he's trying really, really hard to fit in with them, to just be one of the boys. 
But they all notice his Galilean accent. And they say, surely you also are one of them for your speech betrays you. You know, when a Christian tries to fit in with unbelievers, often it's our speech that betrays us. When you were born again, when I was born again, when we were born again, the old things passed away. Everything was made new, including our speech. We talk differently now, or at least you should, now that you're born again. We don't use the same language. We don't use the same words. God has given us a whole new vocabulary. We say words now that we didn't say before. Words like fellowship. You never used the word fellowship before you were a believer. You didn't even know what that meant. Or blessed. Or amen. Or hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so God gives us this new vocabulary. And often it's our speech that gives us away as a Christian. Because there's words we aren't using. And there are words that we are using now. You probably have had the experience of talking to a stranger somewhere and at some point in the conversation, because of the way that they talked and the vocabulary that they used, you guessed that they're a Christian. And you asked them, hey, you wouldn't happen to be a Christian, would you? And they said, yes, I actually, actually I am. How'd you know? Well, I, I could tell by the way you talked. Your speech gave you away. You've also talked to people who, because of the language they used and their colorful vocabulary, you thought, not a Christian, are you? Your speech has betrayed you. But please, please note here that Peter is trying really hard to just fit in and be not identified as a Christian. He's just trying to join into the conversation. By the way, what do you think the soldiers were probably talking about that night as they stood around the fire? They just came back from arresting Jesus. Jesus is inside on trial while they're standing outside talking. So do you think Jesus came up in the conversation among the soldiers? Probably so. Do you think the soldiers were sharing their opinions about Jesus? Maybe. Peter likely had opportunities to speak up about Jesus Christ. If the soldiers weren't talking about Jesus, Peter easily could have introduced Jesus into the conversation. He could have simply said, hey, what'd you guys do tonight? Oh, we went and arrest this guy. Really, who? Jesus of Nazareth. Ever heard of him? Actually, I have. Peter could have talked about Jesus, but instead he chose to hide his light. Instead of let it shine, he chose to stay silent to save his own neck. He talked about something that night because they recognized his Galilean accent. He just didn't talk about Jesus. He didn't want them to know that he was a follower of Jesus. And so he didn't talk about Jesus. He talked a lot, but he didn't talk about Jesus. You know, Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you. Before my father in heaven, Jesus said, don't fear men who can kill the body. Fear him who can cast your soul into hell. Don't fear men more than you fear God. And don't allow your please listen. Don't allow your fear of man to silence you about Jesus Christ. Don't allow your fear of men to silence you about Jesus. 
don't be like Peter here who's like, I, I, I just want to fit in. I don't want to say anything that might get me in trouble. I hope they don't directly ask me my opinion about this because I, I don't want I don't want to get in trouble with HR or I don't want to get sent down to the principal's office for offending people. So I hope it just doesn't come up and I'll talk about anything and everything else except for that. Pray for boldness. Pray for the Holy Spirit to give you boldness and bravery. So look at verse 74 and we're almost finished here. Then Peter began to curse and swear saying, I do not know the man. So Peter, you know, said, I am telling you, blankety, blank, blank, blank. I don't know the man. Now he's talking like them. Actually, when it says here that he began to curse, it means that he called a curse down upon himself if he's not telling the truth. May God curse me if I know that man. And he's swearing, he's taking an oath, I swear to you. And then immediately, a rooster crowed. Remember I said that there were no roosters in Jerusalem? They weren't allowed to have roosters or chickens in Jerusalem. But there was one rooster in Jerusalem. How'd that rooster get there? It's there for Peter. Now Luke's account tells us at this point, Jesus turned And looked at Peter. And Jesus, remember from last week, now he's, the religious leaders have beaten him. His face is bruised and bloodied and swollen and covered with spit. And he turns and he looks and stares at Peter. How crushing was that for Peter? And so verse 75, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And so he went out and wept bitterly. But you know, that's not the end of the story with Peter. After the resurrection, Jesus will seek out Peter specifically to restore him. And on that beautiful occasion on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, John chapter 21 tells us Jesus cooked a breakfast for Peter and Jesus served Peter's breakfast early in the morning. And then Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? He didn't say to Peter, Peter, what happened to you? Or Peter, I'm so disappointed in you. Or Peter, I don't think I could ever trust you again. No, Peter, do you love me? Well, then feed my sheep. And he restored him. You know, Peter would write in his first epistle, listen, Peter would write, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Something that Peter failed to do. And then the very next verse he writes, and above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Peter knows that from personal experience because Jesus's love for him covered the multitude of his sins. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the example of Peter. Lord, I I pray that, Lord, if we are on on the path to denying you in some way, Lord, that we would turn around and get off that path. Lord, in these areas that we've looked at today, our pride, our self-sufficiency, All these things, Lord. Lord, I I pray for us, Lord. Lord, we also thank you for your grace and your love for us. And we thank you that your love covers a multitude of sins. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. 
Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, verse by verse and chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. There's so much to gain from spending time with God in His Word. You'd be amazed at what can be revealed to you in a personal way. Did you hear something today that struck a chord with you and you'd like to hear it again? No problem. All of the messages you hear on Ring of Truth can be found on our website. Go to calvaryec.com and search for these teachings under the Media tab. While you're there, you'll likely find and explore other series or teachings that sound interesting. Are you growing through this study in Matthew? We sure hope so. Another resource you might find useful is our podcast. You can subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast as another way to stay connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. If you're interested in learning more about the church that supports this radio ministry, our website has all the information you need about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, that's calvaryec.com. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.